Hello and right. welcome to Hello. Welcome to Fallout Hello. Podcast 103. Who would have thought it? Mez Solo for another round of battering for us. Mez Solo episode three. Um so yeah, how are you chaps tonight? How are you doing, Pip? Looking forward to this. I, I am looking forward to this. Yeah, it's always a bit of fun, this, isn't it? So, because I've put the scores in, but I'm never quite sure how to prepare for it. Because I'm not quite sure what order they're going to come at. And you normally do a little bit of jiggery pokery anyway with this. Have a little bit of fun with uh, how we talk about it. So, yeah, I, I'm, the first one of these was, uh, I'll be honest, painful. But oh, it was. <laughs> but as we've been getting on, there's some really there's some quality treats on this. I've enjoyed well, listening. We've kind of. Ne- a manageable amount now what's 18 or 19 tracks and uh you know i think first one was more like 30 he's trying to get them all done in one like in one go but uh how are you doing al i'm all right i'm very glad that it's not 30 uh mes solo tunes today so that's (laughs) that's a relief well what we'll do is we'll we'll start off with the ones that got the least amount of love so ppp music from panda panda panza um received no points from anyone it's one of the ambient uh, interludes. Um, whereas PPP Music 1 and 9 got a little bit. PPP Music 1 got a single point, um, I believe, from me. And uh, PPP uh, Panda Panza Panza Music 9 got 3.4 points through some kind of convoluted <laughs> chain of events. I'm assuming Stu had something to do with that. <laughs> Stu, was pretty, Stu was pretty <laughs> set, sorted this time around. It was Alistair who... Um, who uh, he I have to do some, some decimals for, but it's all it's all good fun. <laughs> um, so let's have a list of those first three. Um, Panda, Panza, Panza, um, ambient tracks. Look who's here. Oh, he's here just in time. All right, young man, how are you doing? We'll, we'll find out the details once we've listened to these three. More on that story later. a nice one there so although they didn't get much love between them they're interesting interesting little snippets uh that was ppp music seven one and nine now as i've pointed out before we committed 
a grave travesty by I did by chopping up Panda Panzer Panzer into little segments to allow us to kind of talk about them. But I do think it's nice um, that they do they do serve some function there. But Pip, how about those three? Anything <clears throat> to say on them? Yeah, I've got a few things to say. There was. Uh... I'm probably one of the reasons that they didn't get much love in the in the scores because uh, I did uh, I was prejudiced towards the more songy kind of tracks on here. But having said that, I got I, the, the missus came back from the off license the other day with this really weird drink. It was like it was supposed to be ginger beer, but it was mixed with shandy, and it was like so odd that I had to have another one to see if I liked it. And then I had another one, and the next thing I know, I was absolutely leathered. And I had the headphones on listening to these tracks again, and I thought, I should have given some of these some points, you know. These are pretty good. Uh, I, I you, You're writing as much as they were arbitrarily split up, but it, what it did make me think is, after we've done this today, I'm going to go back and listen to Panda, 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 because it's, it's a really, really interesting uh, collection of stuff, and we've had to chop it up, but um, it's no slight on the album whatsoever, because there's some proper interesting music, concrete stuff going on in this stuff, isn't there? It's a big, it's a mix of some ambient woozy strings, some proper noise, chanty stuff, a little bit of spoken word stuff, and um, I, I managed to have a brief chat with Julia Adamson because I thought she might have been involved, and although some of the stuff on both uh, Post Nearly Man and Panda 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 comes from spoken word events that she played on with Mark. There's one at St. Andrews that's up on YouTube. She wasn't uh, directly responsible for these ambient pieces, so we're still not quite sure where they came from, but um, and to what extent Smith um, had an input on them. But uh, interesting, yeah. Al, what did you make of those those three little snippets there? Yeah, I like them all. They um very experimental as is the, the old ppp thing um i, I do like i well it actually reminds me of some of the stuff that i do at times uh just like a bleak kind of noise um but they, 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 there is good variation in there you know they're going from like uh like ppp music one where it sounds like really heavy like reverb and delay kind of effects used on it so like you were saying the more noisy stuff which reminds me of uh so like uh, well, I don't know if, he, if it's the same anymore, but was, when you used to go into Manchester Piccadilly, uh, not Manchester Victoria Station, you used to get some right nasty screeches from the, the train tracks uh, that, that were a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, it reminds me a lot of that. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's all very interesting. It's not what you call pop music by any standards, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, little classical audio, lots of reverb, laser zaps, and yeah, a, a, a big range. It would be nice to listen to all... I think there's about 13 or 14 of them put them together. It's probably about 25 minute, 30 minute suite. And it, I wonder whether it was made that way and then chopped um, fades in and out. Ezra, good evening. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How's you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, what do you make of those three little blips there? The, the, they didn't get a lot of love. They got only about five or six points between them. But um... Well, yeah, like like Pip was saying, I, I feel very much the same, like... I feel like there there is a lot more love for them in my heart than my points may have let on. Um, I just find it hard to kind of vote for them because the it it was obviously released as you know the concept was a whole kind of like thing of sound, a long movement of sound, um, and so for me it feels just difficult to try and segregate them. And they've all got placeholder titles, so I do really like all of them. 
Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of going beyond my brief to kind of claim that this 45 second segment of Panda Panda Panza is uh, one of the best kind of MES solo works. Noted. So let's move on to what uh, <clears throat> we're guessing is called Copenhagen Setup, which is a uh, spoken word fragment, again, from Panda Panza Panza. Um, it, it got... We will rate anything, won't we? It's got, it got three points as well. Um, that These were given by uh, Chris, our Patreon. He, he uh, had a little bit of love for Copenhagen setup. And it uh, pretty much does what it says on the tin. Hello everyone, the The memories eluded my concentration. I arrived several hours ahead of the sunset. Wake up, Dawn said. You must travel. Am Amit's mag awaits you. Digging deep in the ashtrays, I discovered a coat. It was warm and filled with the finest feathers. Autumn said hello. Welcome, said I. I must check the oil for paraffin. Um, Autumn said hello. Welcome today. I must check the oil for paraffin. Um, Wake Up Dawn said, you must travel, and Amit Mag awaits you, digging deep in the ashtrays, I discovered a coat, it was warm and filled with the finest feathers. I thought, that's, I listened to some weird stories recently, especially Mackin ones, we were talking about this, Pip, and it, it felt, I mean, we know he's a big Mackin fan, but I, I thought, is this just a, a, like Mackin, but Google tells me it's not. Google tells me it's uh, probably an original Smith, but Al, what did you make of the uh, Copenhagen setup. Um, I thought the other PPP tunes were, were more interesting, to tell the truth. Uh, lyrically, it's probably very good, but I'm, I'm shit with, with paying attention to when people are talking to me. Um, so I, I didn't rate it quite as high as the other ones, but you know, it was interesting enough. You gave it 10 points and made it your highest score. I did, yeah, <laughs> and rightly so. <laughs> no, you did not. It did not make your top 10. Um, only. Yes, only Chris gave the, gave it some love, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was one of the best um, new spoken word stuff because I was torn on the other stuff, which is just four lyrics that's been slightly uh, adapted, but uh, more on that later. Ezra, what did you think of Copenhagen setup? This was one of my favourites. Yeah, it very nearly scored some points. I loved the um, I loved the words about pulling coats out of ashtrays and checking the oil for paraffin, uh, some great metaphors maybe about certain lifestyle decisions. Um, yeah, it was fucking beautiful stuff, I thought. Splendid, splendid, Philip. Yeah, totally. It's it, it just, the things that it reminds me of are like great American poets. <clears throat> it's It's got a feel of that kind of Robert Frost or maybe a Bukowski or something like that. It's it's. It's poetic language. It's it's a poet using language, and it's it's really good to listen. Uh, I love his delivery on some of the phrases. Arouse my suspicion. <laughs> that was great when he slips into that sort of faux American delivery on his thing. It's uh, but yeah, like uh, like they both said, it's this was a, a cracker. This, um, but I, I was just a bit prejudiced to the beats. I think me in this. It just makes it once again uh, as wish that Smith had done more spoken word and done more mm. uh, put it down on paper more. I mean, there's those two lyrics books, but they're um, they're not easy to come by and. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful stuff. But anyway, you've yeah. only got three and a half points, earth points from a, from a potential 80. So uh, 
But here's one that got a little bit more. It's called When We Were Young by a, a new team of Blaney and Smith. Let's have a bit of a listen to this. Should have written down where Smith was on that track. <laughs> Can't find it. But anyway, he's on there somewhere. Pip, you gave this um, four points, and that gave it um, just the boost it needed to not be in the relegation zone. Tell us more. Well, I added to it, but I, it really grew on me, this. I think it's it's there's something dead honest about it, which I really like. I don't think it's clever. It's not. It's not. It's But it's... I just think it's it's got a lot of authenticity about it, which I really like. And I love, I, it's nostalgic, uh, which I guess sickens some people. But I, I don't know, it kind of worked for me. And the, the, just the bit at the end with, the, with Mez just saying, just keep going. And it, just, I, it just sounded really nice. Oh, is and it I right at the that, end? I think so, yeah. And it's um, because it isn't a clever song and it's not about being clever. It's about doing it, isn't it? And I, I like that sentiment. I liked it a lot. I was going to give it some points. It was he had some points at some point, uh, somewhere along the line, and then things got shuffled. You know, I, th- I thought we've we've had our um, we listened to a lot of Blaney Smith stuff, and uh, I, I've I've liked some of it, and I've not liked a good chunk of it. Yeah, but, um, it's yeah. very a mess. I think this. But, yeah, uh... I thought this is one of the one of the best songs, and yeah, simple message. Um, but I also like the fact that it was reused for distilled mug art and Stu was pushing me there he's like where, where have you heard this before and it's um it's this one maybe or maybe not alistair what do you think about um when we were young I didn't think it stood out particularly. Like, um, reminding me quite a bit of um, Chris C.V. Soul or stuff, tell truth, but not as good. So, if you listen to the um, Being Frank soundtrack documentary, no, documentary to the well, soundtrack to the documentary, um, you'll hear some of that on there. Um, I think songs like Bibble Bobble Man and stuff like that, um, dead similar, but. Well, just like straight songs instead of Frank Sidebottom songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. They say uh, not even Freshies. Freshies was like slightly novelty. Like if he did some just stuff that was just him. Uh, um, there was yeah, very kind of like Beatles influenced. Mm. Nice yeah. yeah, I think you got a little bit of a, a Beatles sound to that. Like I think you can't avoid it if you're doing that kind of '90s style pop. It's very influenced by that kind of stuff, isn't it? But um, 
Yeah, not, not, not too bad. Ezra, this do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, like, Philip, I actually really liked it. I thought it had a really nice atmosphere, and um, there was some, like, nice kind of gravity to his voice as well. Um, yeah, I, I felt like it made a nice kind of um, cast a nice atmospheric pall across my uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, the problem with a lot of the Blaney stuff that I have is that Smith always feels like he's been shoehorned in. And with this track especially, like, I actually struggle to work out where he is. Like, I, I think I hear him a couple of times, but sometimes it's just Blaney sounding a bit like Smith because he's straining his voice or something. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like, I, I don't know what was what was going on there. Like, was Smith just turning up because he was a good pal? Uh, was he really into it? But... It, it it's for me it's a weird collaboration and the only track where it really makes sense for me personally uh is the uh the footballs one which mm. i think is fucking great and hilarious but all the other stuff that i've heard so far yeah it, it doesn't really like i agree with that yeah it yeah. feels like it feels like mez is being a mate doesn't it rather than it's a proper collaboration well, you don't know what's gone at, like in the in the writing and stuff, but I imagine mm. yeah, a lot of this is Blaney's stuff, and like you know, when it, when it's something like Wake Up in the City, and what was the other one, were, which were just like he'd written them already, and then Smith, and nice I said, they're still mug. Ah, it, it could well be a variation on this, but mm. so. yeah, that's I do. that song though, that's a different league, isn't it? They're still oh, mug. Once, once Smith gets like his teeth into something it's a whole different beast isn't it but but a nice tune and as with a lot of this solo stuff we you know we wonder whether it uh, necessarily should be in the bag for smith solo but um but not too bad it's the only um straight oh no not the only blaney song because there's another one coming up in a minute but not yet first up we got life just bounces english class most face murder you wanted to know didn't you this is the first time dinosaurs have met their super seed, English glasnost. Why are the truly skinned never scotch? How does Welshman prize the political from everything from a garden, a jet plane over a loaf? English glasnost. Life just bounces. <laughs> Dr. Boring had a relationship with the drug company too, and I am half associated with the softness group. PLC on TV today, somebody claimed their dog had been molested by a textile chemist. English, glasnost. I had to stay in there, didn't he? Somebody claimed their dog had been molested by a textile chemist. English glass nose. <laughs> Does it count? Is it okay to do this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is great. I mean, unless I'm forgetting... Um... Up until now, with the Panda Panda Panzer stuff, we've had like Idiot Joy Showland, um, and maybe a, I'm not sure if there's been any others, but it's basically the lyrics of the song with a kind of weird or ambient backing. But here with Life Just Bounces, we've got significant <laughs> uh, deviations from the, the song lyrics. And yeah, I put this quite high, or maybe I didn't. Well, you put um, it, yeah. Um... Yeah, put it. You, you gave it about four points, so not too bad. Yeah, maybe I should have given oh, it more because I I did really like it, and I felt like the actual song got you know 
rough treatment in the podcast i feel like it's a classic and it should have gotten at least around two um but yeah here we've got that uh <laughs> the chorus with stuff like uh what is it like a jet plane over a loaf <laughs> the the dinosaurs seeing the men that superseded them the english english glasnost it, it's very it's very funny and interesting um it, it made me think of like a pissed up uncle like uh, at a christmas party a family christmas party and the kids are kind of squabbling next door and you know he's that's this is his kind of pep talk to the family <laughs> which I enjoyed a lot. It's it's got a positive vibe, and yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. And I was just checking there because I thought it had gone through because there's two versions, but uh, sadly, it looks like it didn't. But it is a sweet track. I put this uh, fourth in my list because I went through the thing. We got Lucy Royal Lancashire, the cater and life just bounces that are and, and any gra grammatic dream sorter, but the other three, the, they all ended up as four songs, and and I questioned like you know should I. Should I treat them equally and just based on what I like? Or should I dock them points because of that? And in the end, I went, nah, I like them. Listen to a bunch of times. I, I like Lucifer over Lancashire more than I like I'm in Deep. So I'm going to put it above I'm in Deep. You know, that's how it goes. Pip? Yeah, <clears throat> I, it's it just doesn't do the same for me, this, this song, like it does for you too. Uh, uh, so likewise with the lyrics, I enjoyed this. And I, I, I enjoyed all of the, the spoken word stuff uh, this time round. I thought it was, it was, it was a really good showing. But uh, I don't know, it just didn't, it just didn't appeal to me the same, this particular one as, uh, as some of the other stuff. Ah, well. So uh, that one got 11 points, mostly because me and Ezra gave it 11 points between <laughs> us. And next up is The Train, which Alistair put as his number one choice. Not a joke, not an imaginary story, not a what if. He actually thinks this is the best one. Not that advert for, for Stirlift. It's like Blaney and Smith's Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, Alice does disappear, <laughs> but Pip, what do you make of the train? Uh, yeah, Alice having some internet wars, apparently. Um, so what did I think of the train? I didn't mind it. I thought it was fun. Um, it's It reminded me of... Do you remember there was a Saturday kids show that used these spiral carpets for oh, their yeah. theme tune? What was it the 815 to, to Manchester? Manchester, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It sort of put me in memory of that a bit and um other train related stuff like KLF and the farm and stuff. There was a there was a whole train vibe going on, wasn't there? Yeah. Northern Manchester train vibe, um, which it reminded me a lot of. Um it's all right. It's twangy. It's got a breakbeat to it. There's a bit of noise and some silly samples over the top. It's it's all right. This BBs. Yes, thank you. Um, this shoe on done a lot of stuff in a few minutes, and it's got the acoustic jangly stuff, some Smith shouting, some breakbeats, some samples. Now, I did a deep dive into the train a while back. I'm not sure if you know much about this. So the train part four was this eventually released as a <laughs> said, This is the kind of shit to me. Look at that. I'm not joking. This is the kind of stuff I do. This is like it's it's a three-minute song and a three-minute acoustic song about a train. And it was been it has been stretched into a double album with two 40-minute remixes, a drum and bass mix. Um brilliant. And I it, feel it like released... I need to warn this vinyl now though. Oh, it's CD. Released on Pug Sinister. No, it's it's a CD, but um yeah, the first five tracks are remixed in Imagine's version of the extended collaboration piece, The Train, which appeared on Smith & Blaine in 2008. So, um, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, somewhere in the deep, dark depths of the of the internet, I did hear that one of the 40-minute versions once, and it's just a longer version of that thing that we just heard there, but it's, it's cool. And um, it, it's what made me think that maybe Smith did have more of a hand in Panda Panza because I'm guessing he had a hand in this to some degree as well, um, given that it is more in keeping with his sort of stuff than, than the Bellini stuff. But um, yeah, absolute madness. Um, what do you reckon, Ezra? Yeah, I remember, and I think I probably heard some of it, that um, a friend of mine was talking about one of the train albums because like it seems like maybe it was the train part three, just going by what I was scanning off the screen there of your internet, Brendan. Um, the original version, or at least the way that my friend told it, was like uh, basically a recording of Blaney and Smith on a train getting pissed with an acoustic guitar. Uh, maybe a couple of journeys, um, but yeah, more much more of a kind of yeah field recording kind of vibe. Um, and I think I might even have heard some of that. I, I might, there might even be some of that on um, on my some iTunes in my house. But yeah, the the actual thing that made it to the playlist was not really what I would want to hear, especially after hearing what I heard from my from my friend those years ago. Oh yeah, you know, forty minutes of Marky Smith drunk on a train. I would actually rather hear that than what we just heard. No breakbeats required. Yeah, well, no um, it, it managed... It's a fucking train, for God's sake. It's it its is. own breakbeat. Exactly. Uh, it managed to get... Well, when here's what happens. When the Bee Gees got their hands on a train, they um, they wrote to Jive Talking. When uh, Smith got his hands on one, this is what he did. A 40-minute drum and bass experiment. Um, got 12 points, 10 of which came from Alistair. Um, Michael E gave it two. Um, but next up is the travesty that is John the Postman's version of Louie Louie, which... Uh... Did Al vote for that one as well? Oh. Well, Alistair did give it 
he he gave like five he said the trains first and then these next five songs are all in joint second place so they are, they are <laughs> uh yes uh, but yeah he put it in joint second place with the uh, everything else on the list pretty much smith only appears at the beginning two three four that was it that's, that's smith's contribution <laughs> that night i cut out a quarter of it but still, let's listen to the track. You are listening to the new album. Rich foreign stars die in front of their videos when they hear the name Pure Isle. The postman is the music scene. Sister Rabbit, come on, do the Sister Rabbit, please. Please, nobody does the Sister Rabbit. <laughs> so it's just me and you, Pip. Everyone else is gone. As per usual. Um, so I have made no secret of the fact that I'm not a big punk fan, <laughs> and this to me, it just it just tips over into that sort of gratuitous sort of. Uh, it's more fun to perform than it is to listen to. Yeah. It just, I, I listened to it once all the way through out of obligation and duty. And then I was like, nah, I don't need to listen to this again. What about this? Morrison's Lament. That's what it made me think of. It was, it was a, I remember the first time I heard Morrison's Lament. Hold on. Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison played together. Let me hear this. Morrison's Lament. But anyway, yeah. what about Louis Louis for you, um, Ezra? Yeah, it, it's interesting to hear the story behind John the Postman, like kind of bum rushing the show and um, many people's shows and finishing off with a rousing cover of Louie Louie. And I'm glad that this exists, but it's I I can think of versions of this that I'd rather listen to than this actual one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who else gave gave it some, some love other than, uh, than Alice. Michael, though. Michael, he's given it quite a bit of love. I'd like to hear... A bit more. He didn't really give us much background on on those songs. When we get to the top of the poppermost of people's, I'll tell you what some people thought. But Michael plays his, his hands close to his cards, close to his chest, as the saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but next up was Lucifer over Lancashire. Very funny there. Yeah. Is this so? Is this just him straight reading the lyrics? I didn't bother checking. It, I don't know how close it is to the original lyrics, but I think it's pretty close. I didn't notice a massive uh, difference, but there's some nice sounds and stuff going on. So, um, 
I'm not sure if this one came from that St Andrews thing with um, with Julia Adamson. Under a 12 tower, break it to him and I'll break it to you gently. The night people will remind you of shaking white cheers, shaking white cheerleader, one on town cheerleader, Lucifer over Lancashire. The blackbirds shake the hedges, on this the hottest day for ages, resemblance to Doctor... Yeah, it's a, it's a straight up uh, Lucifer Lancashire, which I love, and I gave 9 out of 10, and I was, like I said, conflicted, but I went with it in the end. you got to follow your heart on these things. Chris, um, Chris on Patreon also gave it 8.5, so that gave it most of its points. But uh, Ezra, what's, uh, what do you make of the Lucifer? Like you, like um, I can't actually remember the song that well, and I didn't bother checking if the lyrics were the same as the song or not. But I really enjoyed this version, uh, maybe more so than the Idiot Joy Showland, for example, which just sounded like the words to Idiot Joy Showland being read aloud. This had some, I don't know, maybe Idiot Joy Showland is just not a poem, and Lucifer Lancashire maybe can be a poem. Um, I'm not sure. No, I'll give you that. I think um, <clears throat> the three here worked. Uh, Life's response is less so, but Lucifer of Lancashire and the Caterer, yeah, worked very much as poems for me. And that's uh, that that justified them uh, being a standalone thing as well as a song. Uh, what do you reckon, Pip? Lucifer? Yeah, I, I think the, the really interesting listening to him perform spoken word stuff you get you do get a different side of him and there is um i've been thinking a lot recently actually about how much you expose yourself as an artist in your stuff do you know what i mean how how sort of naked you are on stage really with or how much you dress it up in the in the creative license and these just feel much more honest don't they these these spoken word recordings and when he laughs it feels more like a laugh at a nervousness rather than a performative laugh and there's also little pauses where I can't help but think he's thinking oh that's a good one I'll just I'll just let that one land um, and so I think there's a lot of that in this. You can hear a lot of his personality. You can hear a lot of his um, honest sort of artistic performance in these things. It's just mez. Um, but again, uh, this one for me, it was like there was other stuff I preferred with the yeah. with the spoken word stuff. It's it, it's kind of like we said with Luciana. You could just dismiss it, but he's taking it seriously. He's giving it some thought. Oh, yeah. He hasn't just he hasn't just pulled a random set of words out of his bag. He's uh, he wants to share these ideas. He thinks they're good, and uh, I agree with him. I think uh, Copenhagen's setup is a is better than this though, and the 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 last one. I think there's it's just more interesting words. I was probably just swayed by the fact that I did know him. So I just like within the first few listens, I was getting back into it. And I probably should have, you know, similar to what I said about the, P the PPP and the and the stuff. That was more interesting. But I guess I was just swayed in the short term by the songs and the and the lyrics that I knew a bit more. Um, Alistair, we talked about Louis Louis while you're away. And uh, <laughs> you, you put this top, joint top with every other song on the list. What... Uh, what what did it for you about Louis Louis? The John the Pope. It's a chaos that uh, that's going on there. Like you know, they did 
just really sort of like ruining a song, uh, but in a, a very entertaining way. Um, ticks a lot of boxes for me. Beautiful. But what about and, uh, this also, one? Also, it's, yeah. it's, it's probably because of the time when it was done as well. Like it was really sort of like formative, early fall kind of uh, reference point. Uh, even though, you, you know, having uh, John the Postman on there as well, Again, um, you know, it's, it's he was uh, a very kind of like, but like very very active on the scene at the time, uh, the punk scene. Uh, so it's it's just interesting to see him in there. Because you're a bit older than us, Al, aren't you? Because you're sixty quite soon, aren't you? When is it? You're sixty year old next week, is it? I am sixty year old man. Uh, looking forward to that next July. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I remember being there, like, like uh, is it a minus ten year old? <laughs> you um do. You- like I hadn't even considered who was playing the music. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not Brammer and Cole playing it's the music. Ball, isn't it? Is I it? assumed it was. That would make a lot of sense. I just didn't even occur to me. I just thought, oh, Mark Smith's there. I think it sounds like they're deliberately playing bum notes as well on it. It sounds like they're deliberately aiming for that's bum what notes. I mean, right? That's like they, that, yeah. like maybe they had the old song. It's deliberately poorly played. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell that they're, do, they're doing it deliberately. I just thought that bit is funny where he's saying, do the sister rabbit, do the sister rabbit, and, not, <laughs> and they just carry on playing the Louis, Louis riff. Um, there is something there is something uh, gleeful about ignoring the front man uh, from time to time. That's oh, uh, that has its own mate. rewards. <laughs> there, mate. Um, well, you will sing the Minder theme tune. Yeah. So... Um, I think I'd like to hear um, what Al's got to say about the train as well, which yeah. he gave. Tom oh yeah, to. yeah, yeah. I quite like that one. I thought it was uh, reminded me a bit of the monkeys or something like that. The, uh, the guitar riff, uh, but then you got the kind of like dancey beat underneath it. I just like it was like the train song, last train to Clarksville. Is that what you think? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was like pretty upbeat. Uh, well done. Not no sort of like wasted bits on it. No, no fat excess fat on there. Uh, it, dead functional, dead simple. Works well. Yeah, nice, nice. So basically, um, unless I've messed this up, um, we're we're coming to the showdown part of the of the event, which is so <clears throat> the way I did it before, so as not to give too many spoilers, is we do the ones that came fifth up against the one that came sixth. So in fifth place was Glitter Freeze, which was actually like right at the top until the last couple of people put their votes in and uh, didn't give it a lot of love. So it, it, got, it got overtaken at the last minute. But Glitter Freeze, which Can is... Can you play the live one? I will play the live one, which is Smith's um, collaboration <laughs> with Albarn and the... And the, uh, and the what's his name? The Gorillas. And... <laughs> I've got. If you check out David Alban's eyes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He like saucers. He's enjoying himself a hell he's of a lot. A good evening part. there on that Glastonbury. And and you've got to see his face when the drummer forgets. Oh, to I, stop. I saw that. Yeah, he's Have like blurring across the stage. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, because the the studio version, it, it, the music's nice, nice enough, um, and and has got a very nineties fall feel. I think it's it wouldn't be massively out of place on one of the bush era lps but um but it was up again so he got 40 points or even an eleni one i thought actually what alban's doing on the keyboard although i think they try and do it on the guitar on the live one don't they but it's um i think reminded me of eleni quite a lot that one oh 
don't want that like is that yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever um and it's up against Keitra, which uh, came in six with 37 points so glitter freeze michael e put it top pip you put it second um and then uh, the caterer got just bits and bobs from everyone i think everyone gave it uh either five or six michael e gave it seven i gave it eight um pip you gave it five um so yeah we'll have a list of glitter freeze versus the caterer for the first showdown of the evening yeah we're gonna listen to the glastonbury version bad one that at all is it um well i said the 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 live version the glastonbury version he's got um yeah he's got a lot to do on it's proper song um i think there's a blaney tribute video when when smith passed away and he talks about mark coming home from glastonbury and after doing this and he and um and, and blaney goes yeah i saw you on the telly the other day he's go oh was, was that on where'd you, where'd you see that he said it was on like bbc one like live prime time oh nice he said like yeah he, like smith just didn't, didn't notice like he didn't know that any of that stuff was going on it was uh it's kind of sweet <laughs> um yeah so so um ezra what did you make of glitter freeze the gorillas yeah i mean you know the the recorded version um has like two lines from smith uh the good lines you know you wouldn't credit or believe it is a fine fine line um but if he wasn't in it like this the music wouldn't transcend my okay to dance to when i'm drunk kind of bracket i mean I, they are trying and yeah you, you you know there's the kind of glitter glitter gang kind of stomp to it and some nice wailing synths but the Glastonbury version's ace because it's basically the same piece of music, but with a proper Marky Smith vocal and lyric. And it's just fucking killer. It's great. And it's amazing to see him, you know, on a stage, which is probably equal to his abilities. And just see him like fucking, you know, kick it out of sight. Like um, he does a fantastic job fucking just being a front man for the, for the gorillas and it's really nice to see that, you know? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the gorillas. I'm, I don't, I, I, I like Blur. I like some of the stuff and I like Albon uh, generally, but um, gorillas stuff just never, very rarely lands. There's a few odd bits and bobs there, but, uh, and you see at the end of this video where Reed walks on, <laughs> fair enough. It's not bad. It's not a bad, uh, 
double team. Imagine like Smith would have just walked straight past him. Not said anything. Uh, Al, what did you make of the Gorillas? I imagine you're a Gorillas fan. <laughs> I, don't know, I think it plods a bit. I'm not a fan of Gorillas, not a fan of Blur, really. Don't mind um, honestly on records, though, uh, which is Alban's label. Uh, they put out some decent world music. Uh, mind you, old music's world music. Um, but yeah, I just think it plods a bit, this. Like, you know, they, they stuck a few synthy noises on there to try and make it sound a bit more interesting. And uh, yeah, Mark Smith sort of like being able to uh, rant over the top of it is uh, probably the most interesting thing about it. Um, you know, a bit of a plodder for me. Right. Is that Paul Simonon playing bass there? And because I know he played live with him from The Clash, but I couldn't. It could be. I had noticed. I think it. I think it is. I think it, it is him. Yeah, it's possible. So it's. I mean, he's got a good band. He's got a crack band. But, uh, but um, yeah, Did that, um, Tony Allen drumming as well because um, he was he was fellow Cootie drummer. I, I think, think he Tony Allen did the... some stuff with with Dim now. He did some stuff did, together. Yeah, yeah. He did. He didn't play on on that. He wasn't playing at last. Um, but uh, it was, it was it, yeah, Tony Allen and, and uh, Jackie Liebsight dying so soon together was just like two of my favourite drummers just just going within about a week. It was it was terrible. And, Bad times. And, and then, even in, dead. Even, oh no, who's dead? Even even in death, they were in time. <laughs> exactly. What about um, very good, uh, Ezra? <laughs> what about you for this? Did you already tell me? I did already tell you. You did. I have not. I have not said you. anything. I have not said anything. But I was. I was going to echo what Ezra said actually, because that was the main thing that I wanted to to make sure the Glastonbury one got played. It's so good having a slice of that. It's almost like a a, a universe that could have been, isn't it? Where uh, Mez is like a stadium rock star, um, and he's you know like like you just said, he's he's got the caliber to do it. He could do it. He could get up on a stage in front of eighty thousand people and knock it out of the park. And he's he's got the he's got the uh, the wherewithal and the chops. So it, it's really cool that he's got that slice of headlining Glastonbury with the big massive crowd there on a Saturday night or whatever it is. And better than that uh, daytime footage of him with the <clears throat> champagne spill. Oh, oh yes, I like the the you've got the glove on. He does the kind of like attack, like that's funny. But you do wonder, you do wonder whether whether the the kind of the the um, grace period they gave him for that song would have continued had he been a lead singer for the entire set. Um, maybe I'd like to think so. Um, I think Alban is well into it, and I think that song shows uh, a lot of respect for like what the fall have done in music. Do you know what I mean? The repetition and the noise, or like a, an incongruous noise over the top of a very repetitive beat and stuff. And yeah, I, I think there's it, it's it feels like a nice tribute to Mez, to be honest with you. I, I think so. Seems like it was made with him in mind, at least. Um, mm. And he's the kind of person who could just phone up and say, do you want to do it? We'll give you five grand or whatever, <laughs> 10 grand. Um, yeah. All right. Well, it's up against the the caterer, um, the spoken word version of uh, Post Nearly Man. <laughs> Ah! 
And dad will keep you warm. And ma'am will keep her warm. And in the swamp, stick with me, stick with me. I am a caterer. So this is a real test of whether or not it counts, isn't it, Pip? Does it count? <laughs> Tumbleweed? Anyone? Shall I say that again? <laughs> Please do. Um, I I prefer the uh, the Falls version of this rather than Mezzi's solo version. It's this one is longer. There's more to it. There's more words. It's it's there's more um, substance to it lyrically. I just think the other one works better. I think it's shorter and to the point, and it's just got a little bit more uh, Julia Adamson magic over the top of it, and. Um, I think it's about tune, but it's always nice to hear the caterer, isn't it? It's it's always fun. I think it's the same tune. I actually just think it is exactly the caterer of um what album's on? That's cool. Oh, trouble. Oh, no. Yeah, and I just think My user, isn't it? No, no, I think it's on a what, no, unutterable. Yeah. I think it's just a mix. I think they've just stripped out most of the instruments and it literally is just that was why I really had to question, but I was like, ah, I'll allow it. <laughs> Ezra, what do you Chicken make of the chips? Off the bone? Yeah, um, I really liked it, and I liked it because it's got different lyrics again. Um, and obvious, it's also got that gorgeous kind of like low-fidelity skater-style kind of tape mush going into it, and then the post-Nearly Man kind of repeating motif of the, uh, what is it, the puddle battle, bottle puddle battle battle. Uh, kind of noise sound effect going and and then it just brings in the the the, the track to the caterer which was basically free range anyway um but yeah like i say he's he's changed up the lyrics and i really like the line and death will keep you warm and then the next line and i, I can't remember it or maybe i can but as of what i remember it is uh, is uh and he has already gone or something and I was like, yeah, wow. And and there's a bunch of other stuff and I haven't had a chance to sit down and write it down, but it was all like, got a new take on the Catra. That's Catra. Or I will have a new take on the Catra. Oh, the Catra will return. So last time we talked about it, this book, Lint, was cited as um, mentioning the Catra. And I was like, I, I, haven't, I couldn't find it anywhere. Well, it seems there was a title, a chapter called the Catra. So I didn't look very hard. Um, so this is a fictional biography of a of a mad writer. It's very funny. It's proper non sequiturs, proper like high level nonsense. Steve Eilert. Um His main contribution to the short lived Pearl comics was the baffling action strip, The Caterer. Illustrator Brandon Sinkle said the Caterer was a strange one. He didn't have any special powers. He was this blonde, grinning college kid, as far as I could make out. He sometimes pulled a gun out, but there just didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. The character would fly into a rage about things, but it was strangely hypnotic. We had a fan page. One such missus says, Dear Caterer, I love your adventures and want to be just like you. The sign-off at the end reveals the letter to have been from a wide-eyed Martin Amos, and all the more disturbing is he would have been 26 at the time. Several dissertations have been published deconstructing the long, complicated rant in issue 6 about how goats have the skeletal system of chickens, the most incisive being that that's no scarecrow, it's a crucifix in a hat. Uh, the tirade con conducted over five dense pages. I agree with many readers that the, the man, the... the 
Kater is often seen standing at a grave. We never see the inscription, but most readers agree it is the grave of Fatty Arbuckle, comedian of the silent era. The caterer has <laughs> left a strange cultural legacy. Fans still swap dialogue. Will you come to my party? I won't prevent it. And the character rears his sneering head in the likeliest places, as in various versions of the song, The Caterer, Das Caterer, which litter recent fall albums. Rumours of movie adaptations come and go, one punitively directed by Tim Burton starring Brad Pitt. It is doubtful that Hollywood systems could accommodate it any more than they could use Lint's scripts without massive dilution. As fan club president says, the caterer would be sick on today's comics and on the movies and on you. <laughs> Brilliant. Still, I digress. Um, so, has everyone had a go? What, what, what are we voting? Are we putting through Glitter Freeze or the caterer? Philip? I am going to, in this instance, I'm going Glitter Freeze. Okay. Ezra? Caterer for me. Okay, sure, okay. Alistair? I'm going to split my vote. All right. Well, I'm going for Glitter Freeze, as much as I love the caterer. I think uh, Glitter Freeze deserves to go through. Um, other people may have votes and opinions on these things, but they don't matter. <laughs> does anyone have anything much to say? Tim has just said, this is pretty good. It doesn't say a lot, really, does it, to be honest? Um, <laughs> Leon, however, has said, I'm really sorry. I just can't stand gorillas, no matter who the amazing guest singers is. Minus points awarded, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, many people confuse both versions of different songs, but we know that they're not. So I think some people just have an allergic reaction to Alburn, don't they? Yeah, and he is a bit blandy, blandy. And he's pumped out hundreds of those Gorilla songs, and yeah, the odd one uh, like resonated, especially the first couple. But after that, it's like, yeah, they're all right. They're not bad. Litter in the airwaves. Um, so what we have next is the song that came in fourth, which is Speech Contamination Fear, uh, German Fear of Österreich, um, with 41 points that um, Tim put top uh, of his list. And um, it's up against Any Grammatic Dream, which is almost a fall song, as it does appear on the 2G&G compilation, I think, um, and a couple of other places, but it isn't really. It's a, it's a Smith solo joint. So let's have a listen first. Speech Contamination, which is a Von Sudenfed. Have a look at this pizza, yeah? You ever seen mm. this? Oh, it's got a little thing in the middle for your cheese to stay. Clever. Contamination, German fear of Österreich. 
off the Von Sudenfeld Traumatic Reflections album. Uh, Alistair, do out for you. Yeah, I quite like this. Um, it's, it's just all the, um, it's the, the beats, the, the mechanical kind of feel to it. It reminds me quite a bit of um, T. Remshmere or Ship Catapult Records, the output they were doing in the sort of early noughties. Do like the German over the top of it. It's always funny hearing MES, um, yeah, being bilingual um, or attempting to. It's ending uh, like he knows what he's on about in this, not just repeating stuff from films, I think. Um, yeah, so I can't see anything to criticise on this. Point well made, Ezra, yourself? Yeah, well, the Von Sudenfeld album is really quite special, I think. And here we've got Smith doing um, German. What's not to love? It's a straight-up banger. And it's mm-hmm. got a great title, German Fear of Osterite. They are. They do have a little bit of fear, don't they? What about you, Pip? Any fear of the site? It's, uh, yeah, it's a cracking tune. It's, um, I, do you know what? I was When I was re-listening last night, I was thinking, I probably should have voted this higher, actually. It was one of the it was one of my regret tunes, I think, this one. Um, having said that, though, there's better tunes on the album than this um so i'm not surprised it's uh it's it, it didn't end up higher from the points um and it is it is great hearing mez just shouting out german <laughs> it's, it's fab over a breakbeat so uh yeah i'm a big fan of that yeah yeah it, it is nice tim says that that slide up bass is beautiful and great when the when it kicks in when the riff kicks in much more developed as a full track compared to some of the others on the record and i will i'll give him that however i was just torn even you know the same question about whether it's legit because yeah it's on the album and i'm sure smith had some input but that's he's just sampled it's just a couple of samples he's not um he's like he's done in like five seconds and they just loop that a few times and you know i don't know how do you know that brendan how do you know that it could yeah, be just he could be just repeating it he could just be nailing every <laughs> I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt um i, I like to though nice minimal tune for sure um yeah it's um you know what did leon say about it uh rock rock rocking again a vs banger yeah not a lot of love. Um, yeah, oh, did Stu say? Stu said he liked that bass sound. It goes, woo, and it was more formed than oh, most of the stuff on the record. Now, it's up against Any Grammatic Dream, which got 35 points. Um, you know, was nobody's favourite, but came in third and can fourth. We, can we all just take turns saying it? Modernity. Modernity. What is it? Modernity. 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 What? Modernity. Modernity. Modernity, modernity, Water Lane, 0171-5599. Dream sat May, tents and tomatoes at Blackpool, where Jimmy Bloomfield has been brought back to host Jousts in Modernity. One of the many football grounds have been converted to hold this revived sport. From today and forthwith, Jousts at Modernity. Jousts in Modernity charred landscape watching the female bouts at the beginning on the tent bedecked terraces i exclaim out aloud it's too drafty in here those girls will certainly catch their death of cold i'm shoved to left by bearded steward massive decrepit jaguar car on brand new soccer terracing seem to symbolize a new clean shaven but chip greasy new decadence 
So this appears as sports dewer on on Panda Panza Panza as well, and uh, so it, it's it's another one that's around in a few places. But this version has been doctored, like there's different voices and it's sped up and slowed down. It's very nice and and a nice weird story of of future football stadium joust. What's your take, Pip? Yeah, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's 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 some weird magical realism type poem type poetic story that he's he's doing this this is where he reminds me most of like william burroughs is these kind of tape experiments where he's he's uh he's he's telling a strange avant-garde story that you think is more important than you can make sense of and uh yeah i'm 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 hooked from the moment it starts and i i've, I've loved it every single time i've listened to it it's brilliant Sweet, sweet. Ezra, you had it up in the second, second best track. What do you make of it? Yeah, really, you know, you know, you, you come for the jousts of modernity and then you stay for the fucking brilliant atmosphere that's um, throbbing throughout this track. Like, at first I thought it was, and maybe it is, different people. I mean, Smith's recognisable, his voice is recognisable. Um, and then you hear what could be maybe up to three or four other voices. But then on like the second or third listen, I realized that some of those voices, if not all of them, were actually pitched up and down versions of his own voice. So, you know, dead fucking great bit of concretes type business going on there. And I'm a big sucker for that kind of tape music. And yeah, really interesting what Phil said. It's been a while since I listened to the... Uh, Burroughs tape experiments. As I remember, I I think they're a little more primitive um, than this. I'm not saying that like Mez was doing the tape works here, but maybe he was. He did have a number of dictaphones. Um, But yeah, again, it, it, it just paints a great scene. There's nice effects on all the different voices and sections as well. And tents and tomatoes in Liverpool, dreaming of tents and tomatoes in Liverpool. What a great thing to close your eyes to <laughs> and wake up to in the dreamlands. And today in forthwith, jousts at modernity. Joust in modernity. Charred landscape watching the female bouts at the beginning on the tent bedecked terraces. I exclaim out aloud, it's too drafty in here. These girls will certainly catch their death of cold. And shoved to the left by a bearded steward. But every movement my companion catches reprimands me. I am completely deaf, so cannot gauge my own voice volume. My friend Matthew is not so lucky. His wife is at home at last from hospital. It is his first day out in weeks. Always energetic. He too shouts and is obviously, though drunk, borrowed a massive, decrepit Jaguar car. Uh, bonkers. Bonkers stuff. Alistair, right up your street. Yeah, quite like quite like the hiss in the recording, uh, which kind of like gives it a really natural feel to it. Uh, too much stuff that's fairly you know, like well overproduced. Of it. It's a it's a rain that doesn't have that kind of earthy feel to it. But um, yeah, I mean, like I'm not really one for listening to lyrics, but I do really like the, the, some of the solo stuff because it, I've not got the distraction there of, of the music and I can concentrate on what's being said. Uh, and it's a really good sort of storyteller, and I think that uh, the BBC really missed out on a, on a, a dream ticket there for like should have had Smith doing Jack and Ori. I mean, you know, got the BBC connections. We're doing all the Peel sessions. Come on, Peely, what was you thinking of? We could have had Smithy on there reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Weird thing is, uh, my good lady wife was listening to the Jack and Ori version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory this week. And you know who read it? Eric Idle. Oh my! Well, well, well. They, they did get working Smith- it. 
<laughs> they did get Smith in to do colour out of space, right? And he ran out of puff after about six or seven minutes. So maybe that's when they thought, maybe we'll we'll stick with this. Um, I don't think Tim's going to have a lot of a lot of time for this. Um, this is Leon. A lot here makes me wonder how much this type of material sits in the archive. Happy to listen to this all day. That That's true. He, he had that up um, in his third place. Um, yeah, there might be several more albums of spoken word stuff out there, but I imagine it was cherry-picked from... He didn't do that many um, spoken word things as far as I know, uh, but it'd be interesting if anyone out there has got a list of them. Probably on the, probably on the, on the Fall website, isn't it? Um, Tim, not said anything. Not said this. Can't said help it. but think though there might be carrier bags of tapes stashed around. Carrier bags of tapes, like. But he had this. He said that story. Then he threw stuff away. And it, I mean, I know he said he cleared his house out. I wonder whether he was someone who threw away his stuff that wasn't being used. You could imagine him just throwing away years and years worth of stuff. Unlike, say, someone who would keep it all. What's you only uh, throw the rubbish stuff away, though. How would you know? How would I know? What's our criteria? What uh, wins in this round? Speech contamination or any grammatic dream? It's a tough call, isn't it, Ezra? Yep. I'm going to vote for any grammatic dream. Beautiful. Philip? Yeah. Any, any, uh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. It is interesting. Modernity. It's interesting that when it came up as sports duel in an earlier episode, I didn't think it did too well. So I think the fact that it is presented as a standalone track is that done with that tape manipulation has, has made all the difference to you lot, not to me. I've loved it since. <laughs> Lister, which way are you going with speech contamination or any grammatic dream? I'm going to go with speech contamination. Uh, I'm going with any grammatic dream, so that wins. Um, so what, um, what's in now is we got Plug Myself In that came in third, and that's up against In Deep. Um, Plug Myself In was Dope, and In Deep was the... Uh, dose, sorry, and In Deep was the collaboration with Cold Cut that we talked about last week, I think, with Pascal, because he, he did the video for it. We did, yeah, yeah. Very good. Losing it a little bit here. Someone's probably going to have to jump in and uh, help me out at some point when the words completely start making sense. proper one no isn't no samples there lads what do i think of that plug myself in i didn't put it that high. i put it's it got it middle. top you've got it top 
in the middle I, I do like it though i had it on 12 inch i remember when it came out i bought it and um who who are uh dos so the, the two oh, lads the that also went under the name inch and they produced um a bit of the stuff on on levitate till he got rid of him so i think they're responsible for 10 eyes of eve maybe and spencer must die and a few others that um four and a half inch they're responsible for yeah yes. yeah so they, i think they only did a couple of songs on the album before he got rid of him um but during that time, and I, I believe the the Pete Waterman lads that they worked at his studio, and that's how uh, how they got involved. So yeah, I mean it's nice. It's it again. It's one of those things where you know I've listened to it a lot of times, and it's never really jumped out to me. But then put it in context of this list, and then say, is it is it better than these other songs? And it absolutely is. It's a it would have it it makes you think what Levitate could have been decent big beat. And uh, Smith singing the whole track. He's there from beginning to end. Um, not a spoken word, not samples, not underused guest spot. Um, love it. Lots going on. Top of the pops. Philip? It's fun. It's definitely fun. It's uh, it's more of a palette thing for me, really. It's like it's not really my bag. I, I don't mind big beat, and I don't mind those big sort of hip hoppy kind of production values, which were the sort of fashionable at the time. And but it's it's not some. If I want that kind of thing, I would probably go somewhere else for it. I would I would go to some, you know, even the Chemical Brothers or something like that. Is the because they just know what they're doing a bit better with that kind of stuff. And it's that kind of experience. I don't mind this is a one-off. I, I He's done better stuff than this. I'd like I Want You, I think, is, is a much better example of him just jumping onto somebody else's record and shaking it up and, and, and being the the guest vocalist and that. But it was all right. I enjoyed I enjoyed listening to it. It was fun. There's some great bits in it. It 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 goes up another notch when he goes into falsetto mode, doesn't it? And it's like and they know that as well. They really follow him up with the music and it's that's great moment. But like you say, the rest of it doesn't really make much of an impression. It's kind of a bit spit kind of by the numbers for, for big beat stuff in it. Yeah. I mean if Smith wasn't on it, I probably wouldn't be giving that much time, but uh Yes, yeah. I am. Ezra? <laughs> yeah, actually, this was my um, regret tune, which I was like coming back to and thinking, oh, man, I should have should have put this much, much higher. Um, yeah, like Brendan, I also picked this up when it was released, and I was really into it at the time. And so I was having trouble like kind of divorcing my past memories of it with, like, oh, is, is this actually any good, or is it just generic big beat? And I think, you know, like... I think it's actually pretty good. Like the bass is fucking fantastic. It's got that weird, like kind of humming kind of bass sound that you got on a lot of those records, which I really, really like. It's got an oppressive industrial atmosphere and Mez in the corner of an underground parking lot, looking like he's either going to fucking start crying or bite a chunk of flesh out of your throat or his own throat. Um, and then like, you know, it's just like convicts are out security is in glasses are broken no one around to fix them i just can't seem to plug myself in really like at the time i remember thinking that's such a fucking ace line <laughs> about breaking your glasses and not being able to plug yourself in like that's why i loved it so much and i still love it and i think yeah you know like i gotta disagree with phil i think his performance nails it i think the music is great i think like stuff like four and a half inch for example um and 
I don't know. I like it's difficult to know exactly what the other ones they were responsible for on uh, Levitate or had a hand in. Or maybe a bit more musically exciting or interesting than this track, which is all very kind of genre signifier. But I think done in a really artful way and quite nicely overblown and distorted. I think it's a shame the collaboration didn't continue, uh, as is the fall or some other thing. But yeah, and and, and it is distinct from the fall, which is interesting. It isn't a fall record under another name. So yeah, uh, Alistair, what what this one do for you? You didn't put it too high. No, I, I just think that Ghost Lads have done better than this one. Um, it's it's not bad, but it's just like when you if you compare it to say four and a half inch, that's just like full of groove, full of hooks, and there's nothing that uh, well, it, it doesn't reel me in as much as four and a half inch. Uh, where that really bloody you know that gets me going that tune. Uh, this one doesn't stand out as much, and yeah, I can pick up on the the, the Chemical Brothers thing that Phil made reference to. I scribbled it down myself. Uh, it's it's all right, but I just think there's better. Fair enough. Tim says, nice, funky bass, throb with the life-sending breaks, great vocal hook, good shit. And uh, Leon, who put this at top, I believe, um, said, solid. He's, he doesn't need to say anymore. We know what he means. So solid. I tell you what, it's, it's better band. than those uh, It's better than those heavy metal hip-hop sort of uh, uh, comings together that we had in the 90s, though, isn't it? Remember when like, Ice-T was doing songs with Anthrax and stuff? Was... You're referring to the Judgment Night soundtrack? Which was cack. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the stuff with the um, gunshot in um, Nepal Death? Nope. Oh yeah, I heard the iced tea stuff, and I was like, I don't think this genre is for me. I like these things separate, but not together. Totally wired. (laughs) Yes, I agree with you, Philip. Best left in the nineties. Um, although on that album, De La Soma Teenage Fan Club did a great song called Falling. Uh, beautiful. It's not all bad. Um, what are we even doing here? It's up against In Deep, which is the Cold Cut Collaboration. Cold Cut Collaboration. Trekked up and down the tendril wires of this haunted aisle, and he couldn't get away from this thing. He was under because, of course, it was inside him. It's the story he told me. Often I would go banqueting on Oxford Road, and he'd gone up and down this haunted aisle, but still he couldn't escape. It was inside him, and this is the story he told me about being in deep. <laughs> gets going at the end 
if dose is coming from the rougher end of the scale, this is definitely the uh, the classy end of techno. Um, but Ezra, what do you make of it? I'm in deep. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of the of cold cut, um, and I felt like I needed more opportunities to listen to this on like a decent sound system. I only really listened to it over my PC speakers, but I didn't I, I didn't give it many points at all. It was at the bottom of my list, and the reason for that was like. It's got a nice intro, but then with Smith's vocal uh, part, it, a lot of it's got this really nasty kind of distortion on it, and you can't really hear any of it, or at least I couldn't. I couldn't make out, and and you know, like there's nothing wrong with a bit of distortion and you know mashing the voice up a bit, but to compare it to both uh, "Plug Myself In" and the Von Sudenfeld tracks, you can actually hear him. Also, like you know, in they have that in common with most of uh, the falls output that some of it's audible but here for the most of the song it's just like a kind of a texture and it, they don't bring it into focus enough for me for it to work the rest of it is good you know like i like the music fine and all that but i just feel like as a collaboration it doesn't really work for me although I, my mind could be changed if I hear it on a nice set of speakers quite loud. No, I'll give you that. I mean, I think um, Smith is definitely having a go. He's not phoning it in, but um, I can't help compare it to their other big collaboration. Uh, you know, Telephone Thing is is great, and, and the, the music works really well in, in line with his voice there. And this one is quite a nice, minimal kind of bouncy, techno-y thing going on. It gets a little bit acidy towards the end. Like it's, it's all pleasant enough, but it just doesn't quite take off. I want something else to happen. Um, I prefer it musically to um, plug myself in, but yeah, as an actual piece, it doesn't quite work. What do you reckon, Pip? <laughs> I really like it. I really liked it. I think this is where me and Ezra sort of test going opposite directions sometimes. So it's the um I really like what they did with these with these vocal. I must admit I, I got totally um there was a couple of uh songs this week where I got totally transfixed with the visual. One of which this obviously because it's one of Pascal's videos, but um the Von Sudenfeld stuff. The cover of the Von Sudenfeld album, it only just dawned, this is how much slow I am, it only just dawned on me that it's a piss tape boy band kind of cover, and you've got Mackie Smith doing his kind of little effeminate smile towards camera, which is so funny once I'd clocked that. Um, so I, I, I thought that was very, very funny. But yeah, with this one, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought there's... Uh, and I'm so I a bit take or leave cold cuts. I I did buy the stuff when it came out, but it's there's like bits I like and bits that bore me a little bit. Um, but this I think they get the balance right. I think it's a bit it's quite fidgety the production on it, which I really enjoyed. Um, it is a lot. Um, the, the, there's no rough edges on it in the way that there is on the the Dorse track. Like, uh, but I, this is probably more to my palate, to be honest with you. And it's it, it just, yeah, I, I enjoyed this more and more, actually, as I listened to it. Yeah, it's not far off some decent minimal techno-y stuff with a, with a bit of EQ and and stuff going on there. Um, yeah, um, what does Tim reckon? And I heard this before, I enjoyed it a lot. Acid's a bit sterile, but I like the funky chop to it. And Mez mixed low in the mix works well. We're... Um, Leon says, brilliant intro. The speed and sentiment of the delivery is great. The main track is track is good and it chugs along. I'm into this. So generally, we like it. 
What was that? Let's just think is the real question here. <laughs> it's, it's a slow burner, really. So it's yeah, dead minimal, um, dead low key. They quite like the uh, the sort of acidosy type stuff uh, that's going on it. You know, it reminds me of um, shit they used to hear at um, the Hacienda. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not it's not as as good as telephone thing in the way that it's not got that hook to it again, which was like for me the um, telephone thing was the baseline, and that really fucking holds it together, and it's just like really nasty. So like. Telephone thing's got a bit more of a rawness to it than this. This is more of a sort of like chilling out in the in, in the chill out room at the club, you know, where you don't want anything too hectic, but it's still a bit techno-y. Aye. Well, it's um the the final vote on the end of it, as you know, it goes down to you, Alistair. You get to decide and we we have no say in it. So which one goes through? Um all of them. Right. Just plug myself in a bit, plug myself in or in deep. I'm going to have to go for in deep. It's quite easy for me. Indeed. Ezra? Plug myself in. Oh. I'll go Alice. plug myself in. Yeah, I'm also going to go plug myself in, although I do have a soft spot for that cold, one, cold cut, them cold cuts. So the last um, showdown is VS Cancelled. And I'd never clocked on that boy band thing, but it makes a lot of sense now. I have looked at that picture a lot and wonder quite what Smith's doing because he does look like he's been de-aged <laughs> a bit, but I never really thought like, oh. I wondered if he's actually got makeup on. I think he's got a little bit of makeup on to sort of just do the whole kind of, hey, look at me, I'm a 20-year-old sprightly guy. <laughs> so the, I'm the... safe to take home to your parents. <laughs> exactly. So the last show then is VS Cancelled versus uh, Lucifer over at Lancashire. Um, so let's have a list of Lucifer first and then very list of Lucifer over Lancashire. No, it's flooded. Um, it's the um, the Von Sudenfeld. Trump, no, no, f- flooded winds. Spoiler alert! This is VS cancelled versus Lucifer over Lancashire. That's how it works. Oh right. That, that no, but we've already done Lucifer, have we? Then it must be uh, Sound City, or maybe I made a mistake. Yeah. Sound City. That that's good enough. <laughs> Whatever. stuff going on so that's from the very first ep they did together when it was just mars on mars featuring um smithy and they did cut the game and sound city which uh, eventually was reworked as wipe that sound i think for the unsuited fed album unless i am mistaken um but some nice stuff going on some nice texture but they hadn't really found um I guess found their their way with it yet to my mind it, it kind of it's a bit plodding um the acid's a bit weak, but the but um, it is sweetly wonky. I did um, give it a couple of points, but um, 
that's not true. I didn't give it any. Pip, what do you think of this song? I think you're being a bit harsh, though. I, I've been singing this one all week. It really gets in my head as an earworm. The uh, yeah, but it's the same hook from. That. That's the same hook from White Bass Sound, right? Yeah, it is. But it, that's you know, I'm I'm talking about the song as is, and that's been stuck in my head all week. So you know, as hooks go, it does its job. Um, I don't mind the plod. It is ploddy, but I, I don't mind it. I think it's a nice rhythm for it. It's just it just smacks of Manchester. It's it, it, I know it's not an obvious Happy Mondays kind of links type song, but it reminds me of that sort of vibe. It's that whole sort of swaggery shoulder mank walk thing. Um, and I don't I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for it. I, I don't mind it. Um, and uh, yeah, I I like this track. Sweet, sweet, Al. What do you reckon? Would this do anything for you? Yeah, the wonkiness is, is quite nice. Uh, I do like that. The unusual sort of face. It's like straight rhythm, like, but there's a wonkiness to it. And it's a, it's a good walking pace. It's not a plodder, this one, Brendan. Um, <laughs> and I quite like uh, what sounds like a stylophone in it. But it's, it's just like, you know, it's a synth. <laughs> it sounds a bit like a stylophone. But what I was thinking is what it's really missing is a wobble board. If you're going to go for the uh, uh, Ralph Horace uh, kind of take on it, um, but yeah, knows, there's, a, there's a man who knows his novelty foley sounds. Oh, what's going on there? What, what witchcraft is this? <laughs> I've only got one thing to say to you, Alistair. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's sick, that is sick. I can definitely drop the dunk on it. All we need now is like a hook line. You know what? I've got actually the perfect one. Baseline! Oh, wicked! Now put a dunk on it. Electro! Oh, that's sick. That's all it needed. That's all it needed. Please continue. <laughs> no, I pretty much said all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, so what do you make of it? Is it lacking a donk or is it donkey enough? I think it probably could have a bit more donk. Uh, but I would say that. Yeah, no, I mean, th there's absolutely nothing wrong with this song at all, apart from the fact that they, it was re-recorded for the Von Suden Fed album. And I would say that's probably the version I'm going to vote for if I'm going to vote for any of them. And maybe I did vote for it. Who knows? Not me, because I tell. But um, what I would say is, um, it is up against a a banger, a real weird one. VS cancelled, in which Mark Smith reads the letter of um, when Domino dropped them after the first album. Um, but before that, let's see what Tim thinks of this song. If he's if he's said anything, indeed, um, he hasn't said anything. What has Leon said? Mez, comfy and growling on a squelchy bed. Can imagine shrugging happily to this in a tiny club in a dungeon. Fantastic. Ten points. Indeed. I was just thinking that somebody who I, I knew, I think they, they recorded in the Super Fairy Animals studio once upon a time. <laughs> and, you know, the mixing desk has a little bit of tape on to say what the instruments are. The very last, uh, the very last fed are just a donk written on it. They, they, had a, they had a slot. They're just, just ready to go for the donk. Um, which I think every studio should have. Let's have a listen to VS cancelled. Jan sent Werner. I guess this is from a similar exhibition that we've seen um, the other stuff. We had the Mocular Modulations and stuff. I think it's from the same exhibition. Add the vegetables! And the vegetables! I'm terribly sad for us that the market is beating us down and we cannot dictate it anymore with our hard work. 
Also, on a personal level, it's hard because I passionately love the VS music and the experience of working with Andy, Mark, and yourself. Yours, Johnny. I'm in Switzerland at the moment. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's just, it's just popped out on us. Listen, AM1509. Ah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, exhibition of noise with Smith reading the letter over the top and genuinely having a good laugh while he's doing it. What else? What else do you want? It's a, it's a lost gem. Ezra, what do you reckon? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Brendan. It's a, it's a gem. It, it's really funny because it, it, yeah, like, you know, at first I had no idea what he was going on about other than reading from a letter, which... And then I, yeah, I only realised it was the von Sudenfeld rejection letter just now, and so yeah, that that obviously brings another ray of light onto it, and it, it it's fantastic, and it's just great hearing him uh, using his normal voice, I suppose, uh, you know, like as in the kind of voice you might use to talk to your friend or read a letter. So there's this really weird kind of intimacy to it and the music is also fucking great so yeah i'm a big fan of this indeed uh pip you put this top as well as uh i i also did tell me more yeah so everything ezra just said um and then it there's there's loads of different layers to this for me that i really like uh i think what ezra's just sort of set out in terms of that the 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 familiarity and easiness which he's he's reading you don't sort of it's almost like something that gets hinted at on fall records isn't it but it feels like he's authentic voice here and you you've also get a bit of what pascal was talking about the other week which is he likes working with people who aren't english doesn't he he does it lords actually and it's it's something where if you get the chance to speak to those people they always seem to be very positive about it so um I, I there's there's a bit of that <laughs> musically musically in square quotes um I really really like it it's it's just going it's literally just going donk um and the somehow we manages to get humor and a bit of uh frustration and a bit of foot stumpiness with just this one donkey noise that he's doing over the top of what Murky Smith's reading. And uh yeah, like and like Ezra, I, I it took me a long time to work out what the fuck it was he was reading. And that is part of the fun, isn't it? The whole decoding stuff with, with everything that he touches. And so yeah, all them different levels were at play for me with this track. I think it's, um, I, I've been saying all the way through, I've been prejudiced towards the stuff that's got a beat and it's a bit funky and, and uh, this is not that at all. But it kind of is in its own way. Uh, but it's, uh, as with everything else with the fall, it's it's what you expect and it's nothing like what you could expect yeah. at all. So I love it. Yeah, and in terms of him reading out funny letters, I mean, I... Uh... Portugal always comes to mind as well because it's just such a funny idea of just like you write a letter to him and he's just going to mock you publicly with, with it with it um 
Alistair, would you reckon you put this in your balls? Yeah, it's, it's, it definitely sounds like he's having a laugh on this one, uh, which, which is always nice. That that sort of like, uh, yeah, you don't you don't hear that dead often on fall songs. Um, you know, you're supposed to be like dead and miserable, I think. But yeah, I quite like the, the sort of like whirring noises in the background and um, the rhythm. It reminds me of like uh, like chain gang music with sort of like uh, breaking rocks. Um, so you got that like constant sort of thud uh, and the delivery of it. Uh, it reminds me a bit of a, a rain they have on just a minute where they're, they're sort of like they're having a conversation, but one person says one word and the other person says the next word. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Sweet indeed. Here's what the chaps have to say Donk and Whittle, I approve, says Tim and Leon. Always great to hear Mez laugh. Not quite Dr. Buck's letter, but very welcome. Four points. Um, so he goes through um, to the next round with no, no arguments and no vote needed. Well done, everyone. So, uh, um, Sound City or VS Cancelled, which one are you going for, Pip? Oh, VS Cancelled. I am also. Ezra? Yep, VS Cancelled. Indeed. And Al? Yeah, VS Cancelled. Goes through. And so that means that VS Cancelled plug myself in, Glitter Freeze, the Glastonbury version, and any Grammatic Dream go through. And that leaves us with the final track, which got 55 points. It was well ahead. Ezra put it first. Um, everyone basically had it in the top 10 and it, everyone like um, yeah Chris put it in second Michael had it in third I'll add it in second Leon in fourth Pip in fourth um, so it's flooded off the VS album Hi folks this club and the DJ tonight and the disc jockey tonight Guy shows up, says he's the DJ of the night. Sven Fapt. But it was me who fucked the goddamn club. I was the DJ tonight. The other DJ did a goddamn rubber shit because he pissed the fucking bell. I flooded the club. Good the fat, it's good the fat, good fat. be uh, bumping on a big sound system, wouldn't it? Alistair, what do you reckon to Flooded? Yeah, it's more sort of like shit catapult-type grooves with a nasty sort of industrial mechanical beat. Next complaining about the, the bit about pissing the fucking bed and then um, uh, flooding the club. Is that, is that flooding the, the, the club with piss? I, I took it as that. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Well, it's a nice concept, piss club. And the, You know, the first rule of piss club is... Were you well, he's... What do you reckon? Yeah, that's for some strange images in my head. Um, <clears throat> it's fucking brilliant, this track. It's a banger. It's a banger, isn't it, this one? It's, um, yeah, it just makes me want to get up and start moving around, really. 
it's it does exactly what it's supposed to do, and Messi's fucking hilarious all the way through it. I took it as him uh, sort of being a bit playful, really, as in like flooding the club with people. I think it's probably a conversation he's overheard with a promoter saying, oh, they, they flooded the club, didn't they? With bringing people in, because um, that's all promoters talk about. And so, uh, I, and then I think he's just, he's just taking the piss. Uh, giving it, giving the piss. And doing his... So I heard a Shane Gillis joke the other day when he was talking about the impact that Trump had on the elections, where he was saying, like, you know, people would just, like, would have a normal uh, debate about things, and then Trump would get up on stage and just go, yeah, and you're ugly. And it's like, whoa, you could do that now? And it's just a bit like that with Mez, isn't it? It's just like, he, he's just, if he's going to take the piss, he's going to take the piss, are you? Yeah, it's it's fun, and I think it's on the line. I think there's some sampling going on and stuff, but there's enough mez in there for me to 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 give it uh, give it my full love. And then the music is just yeah, it's brilliant, super minimal um, and, and dirty and grimy. Ezra, yeah, well, you know, on the von Sudenfeld record, there's maybe two tracks that I would DJ, and this is one of them. Um, the yeah, Mouse on Mars just do these fantastic kind of convoluted funky beats which just continuously like morph and like syncopate into like madness and then you've got mez talking about oh the other dj was Ven vath he fucking pisses the bed but i flooded the club and it, it's just fucking hilarious does he say <laughs> does he say sven vath I, I didn't get that bit yeah yeah like oh, that's okay. one of the lyrics the other dj was sven vath oh, I missed but he pissed the yeah. bed something like that yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> the other DJ has to sleep on rubber sheets because he pissed the fucking bed. And the other DJ was Venva. I'm the DJ tonight. <laughs> so I, I, I just think it's fucking hilarious. And it, it, it to me, it, it's reminiscent of Doctor Book's letter in that, like, you know, yeah. you've got this weird name dropping of like a figure that's kind of integral to like the club culture of the time, and. There's some weird level of satire going on there, but it's so artful because it's just not direct about anything. But you can just tell that he's really fucking laughing <laughs> at the whole yeah. kind of scene. Very um, nice. Yeah, it, I think it's a great track. And imagine hanging around with my son Mars, he would have drifted closer to that scene, right? And that would have just been so ridiculous for him. Like, because they're very on the edge of that stuff, like the Anson Werner Arty stuff, but then they're like proper in the middle of that, you know. German techno. It's like the Berlin art scene, isn't it? That the, yeah, the I art, think so. I imagine so. Like the artiest of the artiest art scenes. Yeah. Um, Tim says, nice scrappy beat, better when the narrative slips away and Mez is fragmented. And uh, the take us home. Uh, Leon says, flood the club. Flood that club. Did they ever play live? That would have been a treat. Nice angry elephant. Helium Hoover stabs. Good shit he would have put on the end. Probably he didn't. But um, there we go. So flooded VS cancel, plug myself in, glitter freeze, and any grammatic dream go through. Uh, that's our third one. There's only one more before we actually um, get into the final showdown of the best of the best of the mayors of the best. Um, next week, if he shows up, Dave Bush. I think he will. Very exciting. Been positive so far. So start checking out them tracks from the D Bush era. We can deconstruct and reconstruct. Ring, 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 guys. He's here. Said he's very excited. Good, we are too, Dave. See you next week. Bye. Love you. The end. <sighs> All right, chaps. All right, take care. Uh...
I shall see you on the other side. See you later, Mum. There, innit? We're gonna have a good time.